Well, we are back, and I'm going to need to borrow some money. Someone out there send me, actually everyone out there, send me 50 bucks. I'll pay you back. Actually, I won't, because I'm broke. So we're back. The bit is over. The bit of me pretending that I'm going to get famous is done. And the promotion, as a gag, might have been better received than the actual product that it was promoting. We got a thousand views in one week, which is horrendous. So back to the drawing board. I guess YouTube.com is kind of oversaturated? Didn't know that going in. Just kidding, I did. We all knew it was going to be this way. That's why the bit was instated that I think it's going to work. Because it would be really shameful to earnestly put out that I want everyone to check out this project and then it gets this amount of views. So you put a bit on it. You put an angle on it to shield yourself from the shame. And it works. I feel fine about it. I feel much better than if I had said, guys, please... I need you to check out this project and end. I love you. And then I get a thousand views. Come on! I know more than a thousand people, in theory. I'm watching a, a Michael Jackson deposition from 1993, and for some reason his lawyers are playing tapes of him. They're like the camera's on Michael Jackson. He's just sitting there, but the lawyers are playing old tapes of him writing music and Michael Jackson will just start singing and they'll be like S and can you identify this part of the song they're just like trying to show off his music in this really weird pointless way because it's not a, it's a it's a deposition for sexual assault it has nothing to do with how did you write this counter melody but they're really talking about they like what a counter melody is and like how he's how he would orchestrate this song they play this track back and it's him going like and and there, this is a serious courtroom, in theory. It's it's pretty weird. I'm not sure. I haven't watched all day. I'm not sure what the lawyer's building up to, but it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the thing at hand. They're literally just talking about like how you record and how you layer music and like how you identify a bridge in this song. It's so so weird. So that's what I'm up to. I have no purpose left in life. Because I'm not famous. So I'm going to watch Michael Jackson Trials. I mean, in reality, I was watching Michael Jackson Trials long before this moment. So let's not kid ourselves. I remember there was a, a moment in the YouTube conspiracy world where there was some fake audio that was like allegedly leaked. And it's Michael Jackson talking in like different voices. And it's like, well, anyone can talk in a different voice. But the, the, the theory was like, his real voice is incredibly deep and scary. And he talks in this fake baby voice, and it's like, well, yeah, he does talk in this in this weird fake tone, but I d it wouldn't make him more scary or worse of a person if actually his voice is very deep. How is that the conspiracy? So what's been going on? Pretty much nothing. It is Groundhog's Day, and uh, we're still locked in the in the catacombs. And I'm searching for like a new project, a new thing to focus on because we dropped our little pilot thing and that's, you know, now I have no identity. Who am I? I've been wanting to do this project. I'm calling it a project. Really, it's just an, a dumb idea for fun. Well, me and Hal Dane came up with the idea of trying to moped across America and because uh, there's a, a Ewan McGregor show called like Long Way Back or something. It's, it's a motorcycle series where he goes across multiple countries, have done multiple seasons, it's great. 
two friends kind of backpacking, motorcycling. So me and Hal thought, like, let's do the slow way home, and it'll be like us on mopeds trying to get to L.A. So it was just, it's, an, it's a fantasy idea, it still is, but as it warms up, I'm getting the urge to just try it, although I don't know logistically how. I think my moped would get, I think it could go like eight hours before it's going to pop. So I, could, I don't know how far I would get, but um, I'm, I'm so, so fucking tempted to try it. I'd either make it to L.A. or I would make it to New Jersey. But the whole point of it would also be to film it, because it would be fun. In theory, it would be fun, the problems, if you're filming it, to, to, to make a thing later on. Um, these are all insane waste-of-money pipe dream ideas, but there's nothing else to do. So I'm like, part of me is like, I should just try to get to L.A. on the moped for fun. And then I'm like, well, then I should film it. Who knows what's going to happen, guys? If I go missing... I'm not missing. Well, I will be. But I mean, if you don't hear from me for a while, maybe I might be taking a swing at this. I might be riding my ass. I'm going to ride my ass to L.A. Get some updates here. Um, for anyone who re- recalls the uh, the saga of the coffee shop girl, she's gone. And I don't mean she... she I, I have no idea where she is. But the last time I had seen her, a strange older dude was saying, if you give me your information, I can make you a lot of money. And she was excited about it. She thought she just made a friend. And and I made a joke that she might go missing. And she has not been at that coffee shop now for a few weeks. So uh, I'm not going to look into it. I'm not going to ask them, hey, you know the girl that used to work here, is she missing? Because that's a weird question to ask. And I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying she was kidnapped by this man. Maybe she's a mega star right now. She's probably on SNL tonight. Singing a song about me. Imagine if you dated a girl and then she got really famous and was singing songs about you on SNL. Well, that's what women have to deal with all the time. And it's true. Like, guys don't think about it, I think, as much. But the idea of, like, Love Struck or whatever songs, breakup songs, a lot of times uh, it's uh, the guy singing those on a on a stage and there's a girl that's like um excuse me I have an opinion about this uh that's not exactly how the story went like pretty much any breakup song rock song angry guy song you know the type it's like it's such an unfair thing of like well that person doesn't really get a say in this specifically I used to always think of uh the there's a band called The Calling and the guy in that sang in a comical fake voice he's singing the Michael Jackson fake deep voice Saying like he. And he's a, like a skinny dude. It doesn't really make sense that he has this voice. It has to be fake. Yeah. But The Calling had one song uh, called Adrian. It's just in this person's name over, over and over again. And I probably think that there was no actual Adrian and that these this guy is just like a songwritery guy who made this song with five other dudes and there is no human it's actually about. But, if there was, think about how unfair it is for someone to be singing your name and, like, kind of calling you out. And they're famous, you're not. So they get the last word, no matter what. It's like, that's about you. You must have broke his heart. You must have done him wrong. But actually, we should go into a deep dive of this guy from The Calling. I think his name's Alex something. Alex Turner? Let me look it up. Um, He's a real... He's an interesting dude. Oh, no, his name is Alex Band, which is... We, like our, 
yeah, kind of kind of on the nose world. My name's Alex Band. I'm a singer-songwriter. But he's this strange dude who, um, there's, well, let me just look this up. See, if you know him, it's from this, like, one song that was played over and over again. But he's actually kind of a weirdo. And there's some strange thing where he was, he claimed he was kidnapped and beaten up. And I don't, I mean, I wouldn't have thought it was fake other than that people were speculating people were speculating maybe it wasn't real that's how i know about it is watching videos of uh people questioning whether he faked it or not and i don't know why you'd fake it but he claims he was like dragged into a van and beaten up he also has this thing where he has a very dumb big tattoo on his arm and he wears shirts where he'll cut off the whole sleeve of that one arm to continually show the tattoo off the first time i saw it i was like oh that's a stylized shirt he bought and it so happens you can see his tattoo. And then I watched another video and I saw, oh, he cut off the sleeve of that button-up t-shirt just to show off this tattoo that is actually not, it's like tribal. It's very, there's something strange about this guy. He sings with a fake low voice. He's got a very weird tattoo that he has to show off even on daytime TV. And he wears fedoras sometimes. He also claims he was kidnapped. Alex Bam was reportedly abducted on August 18th, 2013 by two men who robbed him, beat him severely, and dumped him on the train tracks in Lapeer, Michigan. He was taken to an emergency room at a nearby hospital where he was treated and released. See, that doesn't sound fake, but for some reason there was speculation that it was not real, which I find funny. If I pray to baby And just for clarity, The Calling was not a band. It's him and one other guy who I believe have also had disputes about, uh, you know, who owns these songs and crap. But it's it's just a made-up thing. It's a singer-songwriter guy. Not that that's bursting anyone's bubble. I don't think there's anyone out there who was like, The Calling was my favorite band, and then I found out they're fake. And if you are out there, I hope it hurts. I hope it hurts to find out Alex Band does not have the credibility that you thought he did. There's the Beatles, there's Radiohead, there's The Calling, but now The Calling's being removed from the list. I saw, I don't remember what it was, the other day I saw something where a scene ended in someone saying, check please, and I got so fucking mad. I can't, because it was like a current movie, and I, I cannot believe someone would still end a scene with check please in a restaurant. Like, I, I, I can't believe that's legal to do. That should, by now, that should, there should be like a bylaw about that to do that is replicating a joke that's been going on for so long that no one owns it, which is, I guess, why people can do it. But it's like, I just cannot believe someone would do that. Most importantly, because it's never happened. The fr like, like in real life, I mean, no, you don't yell out to check, please, no matter what's going on. We've all had weird dinners with families where there's fights, there's screaming. No one yells, check, please. No one would even know what to do. if you, They would think it was a comment. They would think maybe you guys are doing a bit if you did that. They're like, oh, are they filming over there? Is there like a camera I didn't see? Are they, oh, they must be filming like an improv thing. It's just a, it's a shameful thing. We should, I mean, I don't want to do the work, but if there was a way, if there's an algorithm to find every movie or comedy sketch or, or whatever it is, everything that has ended a scene with check, please, we'll put them all 
in a room, the writers, and we're going to kill all of you. We're going to remove your lives from you. What else has been going on? We landed on Mars, saw some new photos, which was incredible, but also pretty sad. It made me sad to see nothing was there. And I know there's nothing going to be there. It's not like there's going to be a house on Mars. But it's just like to see that the emptiness of a dead planet was startling to me. It, there was just, I don't know, there's something about it that I go, oh, you can just feel that there's no life, I suppose. Um, and I guess the moon's the same, but, but I don't know. There's something about... I guess because there's not even a human there taking the picture. Like, you really feel that there's no life there. Because on the moon, there's a sense that a human is there taking this photo, or, you're, or they're taking a photo of a guy in a suit, which may or may not be real. Who knows? Who, I can't... I'm not going to look into any more conspiracy. It's over. QAnon ruined all good conspiracy theories. You've taken it. You've ruined it. I used to be able to have my own beliefs about 9-11, and now I'm like, crap, I have to, I have to go... You know what? I'm going to pretend I believe in the 9-11, the commission report thing. I'm going to pretend I believe that because I don't want to be associated with fucking idiots. QAnon, you've ruined it. You've ruined conspiracies. We used to be able to have a good time and talk about realistic things. And then people started talking about lizards and stuff. I, I wish we could have like a designation between conspiracies that don't involve anything supernatural and the ones that do. Because, I mean, there's just a... There's a hard line there. I'm way into talking about what happened in 9-11. As long as it doesn't have anything to do with invisible fake planes, lizard people, or things that cannot exist. I remember the first time I hearing about lizard people concept um, and, and going like, oh no. Like someone, my thought was, which is the ultimate conspiracy thought, was someone's introducing this to discredit other conspiracy things. And I know that is, you know, five levels deep. And that's how it goes. But anytime there's a supernatural element, I'm like, you, you're ruining this. You're ruining, like, you're, you're taking away the possibility of reality. We all want there to be supernatural stuff. We all want there to be someone trying to drink baby blood because then we know that that's the bad guy. But there's not. If there were lizard people, that would be pretty cool. But guess what? Life is not cool. Life is not a movie where you get to, like, sort it out and, like... It's me, I'm Neo, I'm the one, and I'm figuring it out. Life is instead traumatically boring. Slow trauma over time is what's happening to you of real life things and sheer boredom. Nuanced evil that is really hard to decipher and morphs and changes. That's too much. We want a guy who is a lizard. It is the ultimate move, like, 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 like anything like, involving like, babies, pedophilia, is like the ultimate, like, you got nothing if that's where you're going. And not to say that those people don't exist, obviously they do, this show focuses a lot on them. But I'm saying, when you call an opposing side to any concept, if you're like, like using like, like, pedophilia in there is like, like, like okay, like, like, you've run out of ammunition, now you're going for, like, 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 like the most base level reaction to try to get someone on your side is to call someone else the worst thing that it could that you could be. So it means you got fucking nothing. The idea of any religious group or people that come from a religion being the ones who are trying to get rid of pedophilia is pretty fucking funny. It's a funny future. I guess this is the good news is it is a funny future. There's no way that a year ago you would have gone, people are going to come for Diane Sawyer for her interview with Britney Spears 17 years ago. There's no way you could know that. That's why the future's fun. It's a true Russian roulette of targets. It's like you... 
people that you forgot about. I forgot about Diane Sawyer, and now she's in my mind. What if in the future we learned that cancel culture was pretty much like a fake, a fake thing designed by the media to give people publicity the same way that, like, in the era, in the early 2000s, like Paris Hilton, Britney, all these people kind of utilized the quote-unquote bad publicity. Kim Kardashian, thank you very much. Like, people would turn their scandals into careers, and it, and it everyone was like, oh, a scandal, but we were also too dumb to realize they were getting millions out of it. So what if in the future it's like, oh yeah, that was a marketing thing, and like Diane Sawyer, all these people, Justin Timberlake, John Mayer, people trying to get their name in headlines basically signed up for this. And we're also stupid and we go like, no, they got canceled, but did they? I'm pretty sure they remain millionaires and continue on doing whatever they're doing. All these motherfuckers, except Weinstein, thankfully he's in, in the jails, but I mean like, the majority of these people are, are, and again, I mean, these are different crimes, but I'm just saying, the majority of these motherfuckers are getting away with it. Chris D'Elia, Louis C.K., I mean, they might take a financial hit or whatever for a while, but they are going to continue to be millionaires. They're going to continue to have a better life than you. That's the true fucked up thing, is that, like, there's the Jared Fogles, there's the Cosby's, the ones that go to jail. Yes, thank God. There's a lot of people who have shown their uh, poor character and will forever be have a better life than you, no matter what. I hope that stings, because it should. Sometimes I get lyrics stuck in my head that don't make sense, because they don't make sense. But they're some of my favorite funny lyrics. One of them is from a song by the artist known as Chingy. Bala Baby is one of my favorite songs of all time. And for, for many reasons, the... The uh, owl sounds. I mean, there's so much fun, funny stuff going on. There's some incredibly offensive lyrics in this song, uh, and incredibly stupid lyrics in this song. Um, like, for instance, like Japanese, Chinese, or even Asian. So, does he not know? Of course, does he not know that? Does he not understand what he's saying? Does he not know? Also, the way he's. Like, lyrically, what he's saying, it sounds like he's losing, one. And then, two, it sounds like he's, like, pleading with you to, to believe him. Okay, so basically this whole song, he's pleading with you to, to know that he's a baller. To understand that he gets it all. And this lyric says, You leave him with me, tell me, is it free, or do I have to pay? And then, uh, what'd you say? So that it would infer that the girl said, you do have to pay. You have to pay me to hang out with you. So I love that. Included in this song is him asking a girl if he has to pay to hang out. And she says yes. Saying you're a hater in the chorus is so funny because it's a, it, to me it's implying that someone is talking shit to him. And he's like having to defend himself. And I love having the attitude that you're the best, but you're also defending this. I'm a baller for real. Look, quit questioning it. I am a baller. Oh, that's another uh, lyric that's hilarious. Just get ready for an episode you probably won't come back from. Your mama must be thinking of you. So, just get ready for an episode where you probably won't come. Chingy, I, these lyrics don't make you sound like a baller. That part. He said ballas playas. What does this mean? Ballas playas. It's like... There's just random words being said. Ballas play a, put your hands up. Like, it's like two different rhymes are crossing over, maybe, and I'm mishearing it, but in my mind, he's always said, Ballas play a, Ballas play a for real. 
me uh, me and Gabe have sang Bala's Playa for real for a long time. And Gabe, of course, is one of the five. And by now, there is no five, because I said the last episode was the final show, which it was not. That was a joke. But all five people, you know, all five of my friends, unfortunately, they didn't know it was a joke. And they all have taken their lives, because they couldn't handle a life without me at the helm. And I'm sorry to say I couldn't attend any of their funerals because I was busy. I was cleaning my room. So the five are dead. They're all passed. Goodbye to them. And I'm so sorry that I accidentally tricked y'all into killing yourselves. Now I have to acquire five new friends. Luckily, I've got my cousin TJ. I've got my friend's husband, Dave. I've got my wife's husband. Or my wife. I've got my sister's husband, Dave. I've got two Daves that listen to this. So... Let's just, that's three. So we're rebuilding the five. Forget about my friends that have all passed, as I have. And let's get two more people to listen to this show. I guess I have nothing to do now except this show. So I, so instead of the last episode being the final episode, it's quite the opposite. This is now the new revamped This World Blows, where I'm very positive. And I'm only talking about the news. No more pop culture. No more chingy. No more ballless playa for real. Another one of my favorite lyrical strange moments in history for me is a 311 song, Down. We've talked about Down before. It was my first like rock and roll and rap album. Rock and rap and roll album. And I love that song, Down. And there's, you know, a lot of those lyrics, I didn't know what they were when I had the CD because I was, uh, I don't think the lyrics were in it, but like, I just knew some lyrics and then some stuff you're just trying to pick out and go, I guess that's what it says. But there's a part in Down um, where, and this goes back to the Lincoln part, the three lemon, like the singer commands the rapper to do something. And I love it. In this part of Down, the singer commands that that rapper go back in, go back in and rap. I, I mean, something about that makes me, like, giddy with joy. The, like, the dynamics going on. Treating it almost like it's sports or something. Like, you can do another set. And he, he's like, go back in. I fucking love it. I want to see the conversation where they're writing out the part where he tells the other guy to keep rapping. I, I fucking love it. I, I, I mean, there's no... I, maybe I'm not describing it correctly, but the idea of, it's like breaking the fourth wall again, like 311 always does. The idea of in a song, some of the lyrics telling one member to continue with the song is so fucking weird and not in a way that they wanted it to be. They're just treating it like rap. And rap is always breaking those walls because it's all it's all about wordplay and, and it's shifting in and out of that those kind of concepts and that makes sense to us. But in like rock and roll or in any other context, it is hilarious to me. It would be like after S.A. raps that verse he, and he points to the singer and he goes, sing it! Which, th there probably is a song where that happens, where S.A. goes, sing it! In fact, that sounds familiar, but me doing it sounds just like S.A. would do it. And I, there must be songs where he's also encouraging the singer. But I just, I love this idea of like, a, a thing that maybe would happen live, but you've put it on the album like that. Like, 
I love it. I have no desire to watch sports in reality. It's just the idea of being in an arena with human beings is like, oh, that sounds interesting. Just to feel, just to feel the the uh, the anticipation of Black Eyed Peas coming out and to, to perform at the Super Bowl. The excitement of what will I am will be wearing. What what part of his body will be have silver metallic stuff on it and what part will have lighting on it no one knows but it's going to be futuristic black eyed peas will remain in the my the history books of in my brain of some of my all-time hated i just i hate them i fucking hate them i hated every song i hated every expression on will i am's face that guy there's something about that guy i did not like but speaking of uh, my hatred of stupid lyrics the, the song of theirs that featured Justin Timberlake that was People killing, people dying Children hurting, you hear them crying People killing, people dying Children hurting, people crying It is the die, scry, die fly, cry The die, my, why, sky, fly, cry It's like, it is the most basic 12-year-old fucking lyrics And a group of five people plus Justin Timberlake Plus probably a bunch of producers Said the chorus is People killing, people dying Children hurting, Hear them crying. I mean, like, the, the lyrics, I cannot believe. People got me questioning, where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? We need guidance from above, where is the love? That kind of writing can only come from a child's brain. We need to put these people in jail. That kind of stuff is like, you, you're, you're hurting human rights by making that song. By making a fake video where people have hold signs and go, where is the love? You're you're hurting human rights. You're diminishing them. You're making people go like, you know what? If that's what that's all about, I think I'm not going to help anyone out of prison camps. So when I was getting coffee this morning, someone cut me off in the line. Because not intentionally, they didn't, it was kind of a crammed scenario. They didn't know I was in line. They cut me off. But I got boiled with rage. It's a very New York thing that the, the small things, this is how New York is for anyone who doesn't live here. No one cares about you. And not that someone has to care. No one even knows you're alive. Like if you need help, you're not gonna get it. It's a very, it's even the little things. Even in people walking on the sidewalk, people are like playing chicken. They won't move because they don't wanna give up even that space. So it's a very common feeling in New York to, to feel like you're being predated upon, even in a coffee shop scenario. And I'm very glad I didn't say anything because it doesn't matter, and it doesn't really matter if you wait an extra minute to get your coffee, of course. But it's this thing that New York causes, this, this like feeling of like you're being taken advantage of, or someone's stepping on you. And it's almost even more offensive that they didn't notice it. I'd, I'd almost rather someone intentionally cut me off and know that they're being a dick than someone like, they, I'm invisible. I went to the doctor the other day, I had an appointment at 1.20. Get there at 1 because I'm nervous, of course, gotta be early. And by three o'clock, I haven't been seen. And again, this is an appointment. So like, why, why am I here for this long? So I'm getting enraged. I'm trying to calm the fuck down because it's like getting mad is not going to help. But it's that same feeling of like you're being stepped upon. Like you're not going to get to see the doctor until you raise your voice, which is crazy. It's this constant feeling in New York of if you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to be stepped upon and put into the literal trash can. It's a strange thing because, like, it's it's not personal. It's not like someone's attacking you. It's just like, you have to be loud or else 
you will sit in a waiting room for three hours. And I know what you're thinking, oh, you had to wait in the hospital for two hours? Some people have to wait a lot longer. And yes, I'm there to get plastic surgery to get a new face. Of course, it's for a reason that you consider shallow. But I am going to Bieberize my face. I'm getting a whole, I'm, it's not a skin graft. It's just they're going to make an, they're going to get a new skull for me. Because it's not my skin, it's it's what it's sitting upon. I'm going to get a better skull. It's going to give me options in life, okay? So this is important that I get to see this plastic surgeon in the timeline that I was given. So my appointment was at 1.20. I leave that doctor's office at 5.30. Does that make sense to anyone? It was hilarious, but insane to spend that long... I mean... I notice this a lot in, in the streets in New York. I mean, everyone notices it, where people won't make way for two people to walk in the street. Like, someone will be walking in the dead middle of the sidewalk, and there's someone else approaching, and it's like a game of chicken. You should both be able to fit in this sidewalk. It's easy. But some people, that's all they got, is, like, the position they're standing in. And they're not going to give that up. And it's, it is hilarious in some level, but it's also very sad in some level. If you're like, the only level, the only thing of control you have in your life is... The direction you're walking on the sidewalk, and so you can't let someone else impose upon that. I've been shoulder checked. Everyone's been shoulder checked many times in New York because of that that concept. It's just like people don't want to give you literally a foot. People don't want because in some way that's predating upon them. They feel it's this endless cycle. It's probably because there's too many fucking people here. But it happens all the time in New York. You'll be walking behind someone and you're stuck behind them because somehow they're taking up the whole sidewalk or the whole staircase, even though they're not a wide person in in theory they're just somehow taking up all the space and it's intentional and that's what that's like it's just this weird new york phenomenon of like i'm gonna own this space one time i got on a crowded train and uh didn't realize i was stepping into a war zone because there was a, a, a guy on there who was playing a video game on his phone but he was literally yelling at the women and children around him saying if you touch me i'm gonna flip the fuck out and he was like making everyone give him video game space so he could have his elbows out to hold his phone to play this video game. And this was a big dude also. I accidentally stepped into this, and I was right next to him, the same thing. He looks at me, and he says, don't fucking touch me. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't even really know what's going on, but I, but I, you know, he says this to a, uh, an older woman too, so I'm like, okay, this guy's a psycho, and he's willing to physically punch anyone here if he misses his Mario level. I don't know what was going on or if I accidentally looked at him too long, but he singled me out. Maybe he just knew that I was the only person that it's okay to punch out of this group of women and children. But he singled me out and he was like, you got a problem? And I was like, I don't even remember what I said. I was I was computing all of this in seconds as the door is closing behind me, basically. And I don't, you know, there's, no, there's literally no room to swing anyway, so I kind of feel safe in that respect. But it was tense. If I, and we get to the next stop. I bolt out of there, and I go tell the driver, I go, there's a guy in there with a knife, and then I leave. I know what you're thinking. Did you just, you you could have gotten a guy arrested for something he didn't do. He was gonna punch women and children if they touched him while he played a video game. So maybe he didn't have a knife, but also I'd like to think he did have a knife. I'd like to think somewhere on his person was some kind of weapon to justify me telling a driver there's a guy with a knife. But what also happened... Uh, the, the, the funny version of it is I tell the driver that and I, and I walk away. The reality of that, the driver looked at me, closed his window, and they kept going. Because 
it's again New York. It doesn't fucking matter what you say or do. Like th- that driver is probably that's probably like the eighth time he's heard that. That stop. He probably got hit with a, like eight different people going. There's a guy in that car with a knife. There's a guy in that. Like it's normal. So the reality of the story was I did tell a driver that, and that driver did not care. Now that's a New York moment. Okay, well that's the lesson of of the day. If someone's threatening to punch a woman, go tell someone else that guy's got a knife. And then it's on that guy. That's the lesson of the day. We're gonna, we're pawn, let's pawn some issues off. This is what I've learned in New York. Don't take responsibility of this. Pawn it off onto someone else. That's the lesson that driver was trying to teach me. And that's the lesson I'm teaching you now. Become jaded to the level where no one can recognize that you even have a soul. All right, that's it for, I don't know what, this is episode nine or ten. Whatever it is, we're back, baby, by two people's demand. And we'll see you next time on This World Blows. 